Jesus, we acknowledge your greatness this morning. And our hearts are filled to overflowing with gladness and joy when we consider the works of your hands. You do all things well. How grateful we are this morning to have the privilege of coming before you as your children, as your friends, gathered here together in this house, this house of prayer for all nations. And Lord, with our hands open, we open our hearts to you now. We open our minds. We open our spirit to you, Lord Jesus. And we say, come and release, Lord God, all that you have for this moment, for this hour, for this day. We just welcome you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Do all that you intend to do. For this hour, for this moment, for your people, we surrender and submit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in his presence. It's a great honor to be here with you this morning. I want to give honor to our pastors, Steve and Andrew, Ben here, and other staff, Cherry, Liz. Uh, thank you for the privilege of uh, inviting me back to share with you. You know, it's not necessarily a quote-unquote common practice for, uh, for former forever pastors to, uh, to sort of hang about a bit. And uh, they've been so gracious to uh, uh, allow that opportunity for us to continue to be a part of this body. And um, so very, very grateful to them. And our heart, my heart today is just to come along and as uh, Pastor Hollis, another of our, so, so Russ was, was my, uh, I don't know, left hand or right hand, Hollis, my right hand, you know, uh, Pastor Russ was on staff with us here at Bethel and um, but Pastor Hollis, the other, the other guy, uh, he would always say, find out what God's saying and put an exclamation point on it. So um, that's what I hope to do here this morning is just put an exclamation point on what the Lord's been saying and speaking to us uh, as a congregation. Uh, thank you to um, Stephen Lutz, uh, the 10 days of, um, of prayer and, and fasting have been so nourishing for me. And I know for many of you, um, as we've been able to, and that and I have been present uh, for those prayer gatherings, and it has been very, very life-giving. And uh, last night, just being here in the presence of the Lord, um, back up here, was just a wonderful preparation for this morning. So um, in, in one of those unusual times where even in the midst of all the preaching, I was doing a lot of afternoon and evening services, I was able to be, this is the first time since in the last two years that I've been here consecutive weeks. And so I got to hear uh, Annette Bittner and uh, Pastor Ben um, the last couple of weeks leading into this. And I think it was two weeks ago when uh, um, Brenda was up here leading and and I just came up to her, and I, all I could do was cry. And I said, well, hmm, I'm preaching in two weeks. And uh, so I was crying already then, so here we go. Uh, um, because as I walked in two weeks ago, it was just, it was, well, one, it's just really good to be back home here in this house. But then I was just um, struck 
afresh by a sense that that um, there's a, a, a new breeze beginning to blow. And there's a new fire that's beginning to be kindled. And in fact, um, I'd already given uh, Liz my, my title of my message earlier uh, in the week, but I have a new title for it. So the title for the message this morning is Ignite. As I believe the Lord wants to ignite something in us uh, today. And um, so, sorry, here we go. Um, but he also told me then, he hasn't allowed me to, um, I'm, for those of you that don't know me, I'm a, I'm a ducks in the row guy, okay? That's just who I am. Um, but um, he, dis, he, he in, a, in a negative way, in a very he brought me into the discipline these last couple of weeks of not preparing a message in any kind of normal way that I prepare a message. I don't have any PowerPoint this morning. Um, I'm just, um, I, I have, I, I just, there's a deposit in my soul, in my spirit that I just want to bring to you this morning. And so, Part of it's going to be testimonial, and we are going to get to some scripture as well, I promise. And um, and we're going to pray. And um, and I believe, I'm confident, that on this Pentecost Sunday, that the Spirit who came two thousand years ago is still present with us, and He still comes, and He's coming, and He's here, and He's moving. So, so let me tell you a little bit of my story. Um, I've shared some of this. Some of you, this will be familiar to some of you, but hey, here we are. Um, so I was born 58 and a half years ago in uh, South Chicago area and um, kind of birthed into a pew and um, on the, uh, not literally, but, you know, figuratively. And uh, at the age of five, uh, out of a life of sin and degradation, I gave my heart to Christ. And um, so uh, I, uh, and, and my the, the person who led me to Christ directly was my Sunday school teacher who, um, interestingly enough, had been a missionary in Africa. So Africa has always been, you know, I get to Africa and everybody says, they go, oh, you preach like an African. Well, I'm sort of, that's kind of my, my home. Yeah. All right. So, um, but so right from a young age and, 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 and you know, the, the power, the impact of those missionaries. Um, so, um, grew up in the sixties and then in the seventies, of course, sixties, seventies was the charismatic movement. And, um, so I grew up in a, in a wonderful church, by the way, um, you know, most of you know, I've known my wife since we were five years old and, um, um, and when my, um, when we were moving my mom and dad out of their home, my mom, well, let's just say no piece of paper ever went into the house that went back out. And so, um, so I found the bulletin, uh, of my, the, the evening I was baptized and Annette and I were baptized on the same night, uh, baptized in water, you know? And so it was just a wonderful connection point uh for us as well um so um 
But then, you know, the charismatic movement happened, and, and it sort of was a little around the edges of our congregation. But, and I grew up in a, in a wonderful, wonderful Bible-believing congregation. Um, and um, our um, – so we sort of believed that the Holy Trinity was the Father, Son, and the Holy Scriptures. And um, so I, I didn't – honestly, just didn't really have any context for the Holy Spirit. And, um, and I went away to college, and this was in 1977, and I went to Wheaton College. And um, my freshman year there, I, um, yeah, yeah, whoop, whoop, for the Wheaton grads, all right, my daughter and those Lutzes are up here, yeah. Um, and um, I started going, I, well, I, I went to this Friday night Bible study, interestingly enough, led by yet another African and um and I went to this this and and like well let's just say things were happening that like didn't happen in my church growing up okay and so I was really intrigued and then I went on Sunday I went to this church with some folks and it was an Assemblies of God church and Pastor Bob Schmidtgall it was he was incredible amazing preacher and I just listened you know and I'm just wow well, that Monday night, there was another prayer gathering because, man, during the charismatic movement, you just couldn't pray enough, all right, right? I mean, you just, boom. So Monday night, and, and so I'm in this prayer gathering on Monday night, and uh, so, you know, in those days, again, you know, it was the days, and, and so I kind of, I, I lovingly say, I fell among some charismaniacs, and, you know, if you run away fast enough they had their hands on you okay so i'm i'm in this prayer gathering and they put their hands on me and they began to pray and um the spirit of god came manifesting with fire and they're praying for me and i'm like i am literally feeling like I'm literally on fire and I'm looking up and saying are your hands burning are you are, literally I thought their hands were getting burnt because they had their hands on me and then I began it was it was like I, I, I don't know exactly how to describe it other than to say it was like a well that had a cap on it got open and I began to pray, and I began to pray in a language that I didn't know. And it was a prayer language. I didn't even, I didn't have words. I didn't even know what the questions were that I was supposed to be asking. All right? It was just, boom, the Spirit of God came. And this is not an exaggeration. For two hours straight, I just prayed in the Spirit, two hours straight. I went back to my room. I just couldn't. It was just, it was like all of, but... But it came out of this place of, of real hunger and longing in my spirit. And it was transformational to my life. I mean, it just, it was like, it was like putting an ignition again, ignite. It just was like an ignition under my, under my spiritual life and the word of God and prayer and worship. And, you know, so um, you might notice that I sometimes express myself passionately
and worship. Um, that's, this is, that's 40 years later because the Spirit is still just, you know, I, I, I can't do anything without Him. I just can't do anything without Him. can't do anything without the Spirit. And so um, I got called into ministry. Uh, I came out of college. I was an economics literature major. Managed a bookstore for a while. That's the only thing that brought those two together. And then, um, and then God called me into ministry. And Annette and I moved up here in 1983, and we came to this church, which was known as Bethel Temple at the time. And, and, um, and we began to, to, to worship here. And then we went and pastored up in Kettle River and and, you know, two hours north of here, a town of 174. We were five miles out of town. We came from Chicago, and holy mackerel, there was cows and liquid manure and all kinds of great things. Um, and, but God met us, and we had this incredible move of the Spirit. And, and then God, in his mercy and grace, called us back here. And uh, Pastor Steve was on staff at the time, and Russ was an elder, and... and uh, Gene, who's been elder since Moses crossed, or, you know, or Joshua crossed over, I guess, yeah, here, and, you know, so, um, but we, so, um, but, but we, hi, Gene, <laughs> and, um, but, you know, and, and God called us, and we went into a season of prayer, four years of prayer, out of which birthed this call to be a house of prayer for all nations. And then and we went to the airport, and we met Litovic, and Pastor Litovic, and, and then it was on, and then here we are. And God has been so faithful. So faithful. And in the midst of that, there was a crisis moment where I, I have told this story before. I went down to the river because... Something had happened, and I called Mora and said, Mora, I can't come into the office today. And she probably, I never not came into the office, but I said, I just have to have a mental health day. And I went down to the river, and I kvetched before God, and this big thunderstorm came in, and it began raining and hailing on me and all of that. And I cried out to God and said, okay, I'm done. I'm finished. I quit. <laughs> I'm through. You can take me home now. And he said, Boom, Galatians 3.3. 3. I didn't even have it memorized, but he did. God knows his word. And he said, are you so foolish? After beginning in the spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal through human effort? He touched me. And that began a transformation. Because I realized I've been doing it in human effort. And I needed him. Well, that... That ignited a hunger in me. Well, that was right about the time of uh, some of you have been around a while. Some of you are young. You don't know what I'm talking about, but that's okay. Let me tell you. Um, there was a time in the early, mid-90s where another sort of wave of the Spirit was coming through. And, and there was meetings. They called them catch-the-fire meetings. And um, you would go to these meetings up at Apache Plaza, all right? And we'd go there. And these things, I mean, charismatics are the most, God love them, but they're undisciplined. Um, you know, it would go on for hours and hours and hours. It'd be forever, you know? And I'm just like, would we just, I just want to 
rare. Please, you know, and it's like, and I'm an early to bed guy, you know, and it's like 10.30 and they're still testifying, you know, whatever. And it's like, just get your hands on me and pray, please, you know. But anyway, um, they're really not undisciplined. They're just following the leading of the Spirit. It's okay. Um, but um, so I went... So I went to this meeting. It was a pastor's gathering. Um, and I was at this pastor's gathering. And there was people testifying. And they got up and they said, yeah, you know, in our church, and we prayed, we prayed, Holy Spirit, come. And <laughs> all this incredible stuff happened. I said, so I got up. I literally did. I got up and I stood. And I stood there and I just wept. I couldn't even get words out. I finally did, I said. I said, I don't understand. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't get this. Holy Spirit, come. That sounds great, but I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know what you mean. I don't know how this works. Well, nobody explained it to me. Um... But I went and I sat back down, and this lady behind me, who I've never met and don't, wouldn't know her, I'll maybe know her in eternity, handed me a piece of paper, which I still have. I found it in Pastor Steve's office yesterday when I came. <laughs> What's that? You let me in, yes. From April 1995. Dear precious pastor, get ready for the manifest presence of the Lord in your midst Sunday morning in your service. These three portions of scripture for you to consider in the order listed. Isaiah 43, 15 to 19, I'm doing a new thing. It springs up before you. Acts 1, 14, gathered together waiting in unity. Ezekiel 47, 1 to 5, which is the rivers here, the river of God. This is an experience God is going to take you through Sunday morning as you minister his word. You give an invitation and pray for people. Just step into it and believe and expect God to meet you. Ezekiel 47, 8 to 10. Ezekiel 37, 1 to 10 is going to be the fruit of the ministry Sunday. People refreshed and revived. God bless you mightily. I think that night I went to services. So, so they used to have, some of you remember this, masking tape, and you'd come and you'd stand. Okay, you'd stand in a line and people would minister. So I went and I'm standing, and um, people are falling out all around me, and I'm there like a stump. And I'm going, God, am I too spiritual, or am I not spiritual enough? And he said, it's not about you. So I received. And then I got on the phone and I called a bunch of intercessors. And I said, meet me. I was told we're supposed to meet. So Sunday morning, uh, some of you might have been there. Is anybody there? Does anybody remember praying with me in my office that Sunday? Anybody remember that? I don't know. Anybody? Any of you there? I don't know. I was there. 
And there was a lot of other people there. And we were praying. And that Sunday morning, here we came. And um, I just got up here and cried for like five, ten minutes. I said, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know, but I know God's doing something. If anybody else is hungry, come on up. Everybody came up. When I walked in two weeks ago, Brenda was leading worship and the team was had my spirit that same I don't know how to I don't know how to tell you, fluid intuitive, but I had that same stirring in my soul of hunger and thirst and longing. And here I am, forty years. 41 years later from my own personal baptism. And here we are, whatever, 23 years from April 1995. But I'm here to tell you, God is doing a new thing in this house. And you all have the joy and the opportunity and the privilege of stepping into it. And your pastors are leading you and the congregation is leading us and we are leading together. And I'm here to simply put an exclamation point on that and say, if you're hungry and thirsty, if you know that there is more, ah, he's ready and waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting for us. If you remember your scriptures, which I think many of you do, you'll remember that after Malachi, if you have your Bible, turn to it to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi. Malachi 4, short chapter. Surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left in them. But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its rays, and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked, and they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all of Israel. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. And then 400 years of silence. 400 years of silence. And then Matthew. 
Matthew chapter 3. And here we have the fulfillment of Malachi's prophecy. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. He's a great front man. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Father Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance but after me comes one who is more powerful than i whose sandals i'm not worthy to carry and he will baptize you with the holy spirit and fire his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire the day of the lord is coming The day of the Lord has arrived. John is giving testimony about Jesus who is coming and who has come and who does and is and continue and will continue to baptize his people with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So on this Pentecost Sunday, when we remember the birth of the church and, you know, if we go ahead in Acts chapter 1, remember... Jesus says, you wait in Jerusalem for the promise. Go to Acts 1. Verse 4, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in days you will be baptized with the holy spirit down at verse 8 you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you you'll be my witnesses in jerusalem and in judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth and then he was taken up before their very eyes and the cloud hid him from their sight and then they gathered together and they spend those days in prayer just like we have spent these days in prayer these 10 days waiting in unity and then Chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of what? A violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Spirit came. The Spirit comes. The Spirit continues to come. With wind and with fire, the Spirit, of course, pneuma, or in the Old Testament, ruach, is the same word for breath. It's your breath in our lungs. It's the breath that that was spoken into Adam when he came into being. 
It's the breath that was spoken, that was brought into your your own life when you physically came. But it is also that breath which he continues to breathe now, not only upon you into us physically, but it is his breath that animates our soul and our spirit as well as our bodies. And when he comes and baptized with the Holy Spirit, there is that manifestation of his breath in us, that breath, the wind of the Spirit. This is what, what Jesus was talking with Nicodemus about in John chapter 3. Go there. John, Nicodemus comes at night. Jesus answered, verse 5 of uh, John 3. He didn't answer with verse 5. He answered with these words. (laughs) Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless you are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit, the breath, gives birth to breath, to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So is everyone born of the spirit. There are two issues related to the wind in our lives, the breath of the Spirit, this baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we choose to open ourselves to receive the Spirit of God within us, which we do receive, by the way, at salvation, these are the Spirit who gives us the faith to be saved, seals us. Upon salvation, we receive the Spirit of God. And then in this baptism of the Holy Spirit, that overwhelming, the immersion of the Spirit in our lives, His breath blows into us, and He gives us two things. He gives us life, and He calls us into a deep place of submission to Him. It's the breath of life that animates your spiritual life. You cannot do this without the Spirit. I cannot do what I do, anything that I have done without the Spirit. Sometimes I try. Oh, yeah, yeah, that doesn't go well. And I'm telling you that this is a constant, ongoing, lifelong refreshing of the Spirit. I can tell you I don't remember a day, I don't know that there has been a day since 41 years ago that I have not prayed in the Spirit. It's just, it's just part of my life. It's just part of that flow. Because I need that continual, you know, it's, is there one baptism, many baptisms? Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, there's one baptism. Baptized into the family of God, and then they're filling and the flowing. Yes, there is an, an I, I believe that there is a, there, that there's a, a moment where we receive that, 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 that the Spirit of God coming to us and immersing us, and He wants to continue to immerse us <laughs> in His presence. So it's life, and the other issue is the submission, because guess what? I don't know about anybody else out here, but I'll confess, I'm a control guy. I like control. I want to be in control. I do. I do. Lifelong issue. But the Spirit of God, when He comes and the wind blows, He's going to confront that. (laughs) Like, who's in charge? (laughs) 
Last year, July, I was in Addis Ababa. Some of you heard, I, I don't know if I've shared this. I don't think I've shared this here publicly, but with you all. But I was in Addis Ababa and um, with Pastor Daniel having the first ever Pilgrim Center retreat there. And, um, and we have these uh, questions that are part of our healing and reconciliation retreat. And this question was about the cross and what might be, what might the cross be? What, what might Jesus be speaking to you from the cross? What, what is it that he might be saying to you right now? What do you, you know, anyway, so I, I, I give the question out and, and everybody's kind of doing their thing. And I hear this, I hear God tap on my shoulder and say, uh, Jim, uh, you might want to ask yourself that question. Really? But I'm the facilitator. So I said, okay, Lord, what do you want to say to me? This is what he said. I'm inviting you to give up your right. I'm inviting you to give up your right to comfort and control. I'm inviting you to give up your right to comfort and control. I'm like, I'm under the chair. It, honestly, I just want to crawl under, Pastor Ludwig. I just want to get under the chair because how am I going to go on? How am I going to how am I going to teach this retreat, do whatever I, I do? Because it just like God, you've just and I've been I've been working that out over a year. I've been sitting with that. Because there's layers to that, let me tell you. It's just not about just having given up my right to a comfortable my pillow. All right. It's a little deeper than that. These are some issues that he keeps, he just, but that's the spirit of God. That's what he wants to do. And he comes with fire. So the wind has to speak of this life and submission and, and releasing control and, and letting the wind blow. Because guess what? You've heard me say this before. The Holy Spirit moves the way he likes and he likes the way he moves. His order doesn't always look like ours. Decently in an order. Well, whose order? Who's decent? Right? David. Oh, just how wonderful you are, King David. God had something to say about that. Fire. A couple things around fire. Then I'm going to be down here, but so the fire comes. A couple first thing about fire is fire brings revelation. Remember in Exodus chapter three, Moses, and I love this. This is so interesting. I was reading that um, this morning, yesterday morning. I don't know, and I was reading in Exodus three. Go there for a second. I just this was really helpful for me. Some I've read a thousand times, but you know. This time I actually read it and saw it. But it was so interesting because it says, verse 3-1, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The far side of the wilderness to the mountain. Go back to Matthew 3. And it says he's coming with a, 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 a winnowing fork in his hand. And the winnowing fork, the picture there is taking the grain 
and you go to an exposed open place. It's usually on a hill. It's a windy place where the wind can blow. And, they, and the winnowing fork, they take the grain and they take the fork and they beat on the grain to separate the husk from the, from, from the, the seed. And they, 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 they take that and then the winnowing fork, they take the husk and they throw it into the air and the wind blows it away. And then they gather it up and they burn it with fire. But the, the, the thing that the Lord put in my spirit to, 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 for this morning, for somebody who's here, for maybe for you, I know it's for me is that this, this, this baptism of the Spirit, this revelation from God, the fire comes often when we've been walking through the wilderness place. When we're already raw and exposed. And all of the other things that we've tried to, to manage our lives with aren't working very well. And then he brings us to the far side of the wilderness, to the Mount of God. And there, he brings the fire of revelation again of who he is. You've heard me share before about strength to strength. It's when he brings us through the two, through the wilderness, the valleys, the Baca places, the wilderness dry places. I don't know about if there's somebody here this morning, this is for you, but you've been walking through a wilderness. I want you to tell you this morning that Jesus is bringing you to the far side of that wilderness. And he's bringing you again this morning to his mountain. And he has revelation for you there. There's somebody here this morning that that word is for. Because the Lord put that in my spirit as a word, prophetically, for someone. Someone's. So he comes with revelation. And he comes with purification. Kick off your sandals there, Moses. You're standing on holy ground. This is holy ground. Because in the fire... And the Lord's been just, fire has been like, this is part of what he's been doing these last months in my life. I've got, got in my Bible, I, 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 I pulled this, you're going to all be shocked. I actually pulled something off the internet. Um, but I, this burning heart, the burning heart of Jesus. This is my, so as I come to prayer and I'm, 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 I just, I'm bringing stuff into the burning heart of Jesus. So I need to bring my self-righteousness there. I got a lot of, you know, you're thinking, why do they let him preach? He's got issues. Um, I have lots of, <laughs> lots of issues. Um, but, I mean, I think all of us struggle endlessly with sort of self, I mean, self-deception, self-justification, leads to judgmentalism, you know, it's all their fault. We don't want to look at ourselves. In our own self, um, we, we, try to, we try to do it on our own. We do it in our self-strength, our self-righteousness, right? Bring it into the fire, baby. Is this going to burn? It will. The Spirit comes. He burns up sin. He wants to burn up your shame. 
We sang that song all about when the enemy comes and tells you these lies. Bring it into the fire. Bring it into the fire. It's to burn up sickness. You just, that fire, the, the fire of God, the purification of God. Remember, you've heard me say this before too. The Holy Spirit, the fire of God, will purify that which it cannot destroy and will destroy that which it cannot purify. The Spirit of God will destroy that which it cannot purify and purify that which it cannot destroy. So this morning, I come to you with an invitation to ignite fresh because God's doing a new thing in this house I see it you know I get the I, I'm, I'll be honest I really miss being with you all week in and week out I'm so grateful you're here and thank you for your prayers but now that I'm not here I get to come back and I get to watch what's happening and I am so encouraged because a new thing is coming. And I knew, you know, this isn't about me, but I knew because this is about God and him building his church. I knew I had to, I had to step out so that others could step up and in to take us because God wanted to bring us to the next place. And so I'm, again, you guys are out of the room when I talked about you, but so grateful for your pastors taking us all in deeper. And I just want to put an exclamation point this morning on what he's already doing. But just before we step into that place of personal prayer, I felt again instructed of the Lord this morning. So I'm just going to do what he's told me to do, which is to stand in my function as a pastor as a sent one and I'm going to pray right now as the spirit comes to equip and to empower and I'm going to ask the spirit of God to come and equip and empower this body for the next season that he is leading us into so could you please if you don't do it it's okay I don't want to but I, if you're willing could we just make this a corporate could you just hold up your hands please just just hold up your hands and Jesus I'm asking you right now I stand before you king of kings and lord of lords I stand before you as your servant in this house Lord, as I see the fresh wind beginning to blow, as I see the fire beginning to burn afresh again in this house, in a fresh and new way, as I see a new season beginning to come forth. I'm asking God right now that you would come and release God, your presence in a fresh Manifest way among us, Lord God. 
Release the power, God, of your spirit among us on this Pentecost, even as you have released, Lord God, for generations, Lord. Come again, Lord, that, that one generation may tell the next of the goodness and glory of God and that you may send us into the nations because you are doing it also. As it says in Isaiah 49, 6, I will also make you a light to the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. This is not about us here. This is about those who are not yet here. That God, you would ignite us. Ignite us as a people, oh God, to bring a declaration of truth of your power and presence to the nations. That, Lord, your word of truth would go forth. That your wonders of power, Lord, would be released among us. That your works of love, Lord God, would go and spread throughout our communities. Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. Like a wind, like fire right now in this house, Jesus. We welcome you. We welcome you, Jesus. Baptize us afresh. Baptize us fresh, Lord God. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting for you. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, there's people here waiting now to pray with you, to be Jesus with skin on. And I believe that Jesus is here to baptize afresh. Maybe you've never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have, and it's time to reawaken that. Young and old, I invite young and old. I believe that the Lord wants to touch young people this morning and old people this morning and everybody in between. And at some point, you know, we're going to be released, but if you're going to want